Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back on this beautiful Sunday morning. The sun is a shining over the hills here in Sunny Slope. And we do have three lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. John in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. It is a beautiful morning. And um, I don't know if you can answer this one. Uh, you, it took care of me a couple of years ago. We got rid of the spider mites, if you remember that call. But... Um, we got a saguaro. We we abut the reserve, and we were fortunate enough uh, when they built a house, they they left the saguaro, and it's on our land. Uh, we noticed the other day that there was a split in this saguaro, and it's about uh, oh, I, I don't want to exaggerate. Let's say twenty five feet high. Uh-huh. It might be thirty. And it's got four arms, and the arms are not um, as elongated as you would think, which means it's, to me, quote, young, probably 50 to 80 years old. And um, we noticed a split about four feet off the ground on the west side of the saguaro, about where the sun would always hit, whether it's summer or uh, uh, wintertime like now. And um, I can see that it, at, where it's split, it's dried out. Uh, should I call an arborist or? No, where it's dried out is good. You know, the, the only thing we really it's, worry about with saguaro and cactus mainly is, is that they're going to get infected, okay? And, it, and it's usually fungus and bacteria yeah. that are going to be the problems. So dry scars on cactus are fine. You know, any kind of a dry, healed scar, you know, you can see them where they've, you know, been, you know, killed back and burnt all the way back into the wood, and you can see their ribs, and uh, that, that's that's fine. That's not unhealthy at all. You know, and when you get out with different places where there's lots of jackrabbits when they're young and different things that will really chew up and, and damage a lot of saguaros, well, you know, lots of rodents will pick on saguaros, pack rats will pick on saguaros, but, you know, they have an uncanny ability to survive, and as long as they don't have moisture in there, or bacteria, or fungus, um, they're pretty darn hardy. So any of those scarred areas that you see on them, it's just the callousing, and it's just kind of protecting itself. Now, if you want to be really kind to a saguaro, you know, they all start off with a host tree. So they start off in the shade of some other plant, and then they, right. they generate and get big enough, and then they're freestanding. But um, I wouldn't really be concerned. If you want to be kind, just plant a little jojoba bush or something to the west side of it. Well, that would that would be great because uh, uh, the woodpeckers and the uh, cactus wrens. Uh, it's an apartment house. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, and it, <laughs> and it, well, yeah, yeah. They peck a little hole and then oh, they yeah. alternate which which nest. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it is uh, pretty pretty well scarred on the entrance to those uh, little nest holes. So. Um, we don't water it because we're in the desert, 
but this year we've had a, a, an abundance of rain, I, uh-huh. I would call. And uh, it's good. Now, Ryan, it's been amazing to see the ones, uh, you know, recover. And a lot of them succumbed to the fire, but the ones between Phoenix and uh, Payson. But it's amazing how many actually did come back and survive that fire. And uh, horrific fire up there on the Saguaros. But, uh, no, they, they do make homes for the animals. And the nice part about the coexistence, you know, with the birds is that the birds you know, usually want their house pretty clean. So when they're cleaning all that black material out and making their big mess, uh, they're actually helping the callus the inside of that saguaro so that they've got a home. So. Almost like a scab. Thing. Yeah, that's basically what it is. <laughs> just, Brian, just, just I, didn't think you could, I didn't think you were going to be able to answer that, but you, you were about the only one to turn to. That's why I said you got an arborist. Then, okay. Oh, Brian, you're it. <laughs> well, have a nice day. Thanks. Bye, John. Uh, Neil in Scottsdale. Good morning, Neil. Well, I was going to ask you one question about the point setups transplanting. Oh, Is it yeah. okay to mix the coffee grounds in the soil with the potting soil and, a little and regular bit, soil? You know, here, here's the thing with coffee grounds and why we're using them. It's, it's a good organic material anyway. But the most important value that we use for coffee grounds is they're going to help lower the pH, okay? And poinsettias aren't as picky as some other plants, and they'll grow in a pH, you know, close to 8 and be fairly happy. Um, but you can certainly do that. What I would do with the coffee grounds, Neil, is just top dress around the top of the plant, and, and you could add oh. them in, you know, you could put a pretty heavy, like a quarter-inch layer on top of there if you want to. It's not going to hurt anything. It's not going to be too acidic. And you could do that once a month or so. And, oh, okay. Uh, and the poinsettias yeah. you can keep for you know on a patio for years. Now, we haven't had freezes in a long time. And, you know, poinsettias love the weather that we've had the last several winters where the nighttime temperatures have been in the 50s. But if the nighttime temperatures get much below, you know, mid-40s, then the poinsettias are going to really suffer. And if it gets below freezing, then poinsettias will die. So you're going to have to be a little more mindful this season, I think, of the temperature with the poinsettias than normal. Okay, it was 39 here this morning already. So yeah, guess- see that that's that's on the verge of where poinsettias are going to be damaged. And you know, oh, yeah. if it gets to 35, they, they're going to look wilty and droopy and cold. Um, and if it gets to 32, they're going to die. Oh, I'll watch them. Okay, well, I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. Thanks, Neil. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. You too. Bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we've got Kelly in Surprise. After Kelly, we've got four open lines again. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Kelly in Surprise. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for asking. So I have two questions about two pots in plants, or plants in pots. <laughs> the first one is we have a mandarin orange that was given to us, and it's in a pot did really great all summer we were watering it really well but now we're not sure how much we should water it obviously deep but with <laughs> one side of the plant the leaves are kind of yellow mm-hmm. and they're and some of them are shriveled you know, because of the cold no it might have some insect damage and things on it kelly how large of a container is it I'm going to say 30-gallon container. Okay, and how large in diameter is the trunk of the tree? Oh, it's it's small. Um, Thumbs up. The, the, the tree is not, it's maybe two feet tall. Okay, so it's... So maybe the diameter 
it's small. Yeah, your water. I mean, I could probably wrap my hand around it. Okay, so the water is going to depend uh, on two things: the type of soil that it's planted in. Okay, and has it been growing okay. in that pot for a long time? Yeah, that's it's the pot that was given to us. Okay, so here's the thing: is in the summertime, it's pretty hard to overwater a citrus tree. In the wintertime, okay. it's really easy to overwater a citrus tree. Okay, so in a container, do you have it in the sun or the shade? Yeah, in the sun. Yeah, so if it's in the sun, you're going to want to water it. Hold on one second. Can you get some phones? Um, yeah, in the container like that, you're going to want to let it get dry in between waterings this time of year. So, you know, that okay. means probably watering it once a week. Um, but if it's staying wet at once a week, you might do it, you know, less often than that. But you're just going to have to check the soil. You know, it would be a thing where if you wanted to get a moisture meter, you could do that. Or else you could just take it and just reach down and fill in the soil. You want to let it get pretty dry the top couple inches. But in large containers, sometimes it stays too wet down in the bottom of the container. And so you got to okay. be kind of mindful of that. And do let them get fairly dry on citrus in the wintertime. The one difference, though, is if we're going to have a hard freeze and you have it out where it's going to be cold, then you want to have it wet before it freezes, okay? Oh, okay. We don't need to cover it, do we? Well, mandarins are pretty tough. I mean, they're some of the hardier citrus. If it was like a Mexican lime, I'd say, yeah, you might need to. But on a mandarin, probably not. Okay. So the other plant that's in a pot is a gardenia that we transplanted from the yard. So it's a 15-gallon and I'm guessing maybe the same scenario, you know, I guess because it's cold, the leaves are just kind of, oh, you know, I don't like it or whatever. Well, they don't, want, but, but they don't want to stay too wet either. And if you transplant okay. it from the yard, was it in dirt or was it in potting mix? It, it, was, in, it was in dirt. In the yard. Okay, so if it was in dirt in the yard and you transplanted it, you might hit it with a little bit of Super Thrive, okay? And and that would be well, good this, for it's it. been transplanted for a while, oh, so, okay. like, it did really good in the summer, too. So maybe maybe that is just the thing we're just maybe watering it too well, much. Well, yeah, and if it's in soil, it might only need to be watered once every two or three weeks. Oh, wow. Okay. If it's in pure dirt. And if you overwater plants, it'll really stress them this time of year. They're not using water. The days are short. The temperatures are cool. Okay. And so you want to let okay. these plants get much, much drier this time of year. Okay. And then I'm guessing cover that if it gets no, cold. No, most gardenias aren't going to be frost tender here unless, unless it oh, gets wow. down into the mid, mid-20s. Okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate Thanks, it. Bye-bye. Uh, John in Sun City. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. Hey, I've got another coffee ground question for you. Mm-hmm. I've got a pollinator garden in an old tree well. Uh-huh. Would that be beneficial for things, you know, like verbena and milkweed and, well, and pollinator kind of plants? Or? Anything that we do in the desert, okay, with our pH of our water, you know, up over 8. Um, mm-hmm. Anything that we do to make the soil mis- more acidic is is going to be a plus. You know, it helps the fertilizer okay. release. It you know works with the bonds and and the the salts and things. So it's it's a plus even for a desert plant. You know, if if you put you know coffee grounds on your mesquite tree, okay, or your jojoba bush, they're going to like it. Mm-hmm. You know, ev- everything in the desert wants the soil to be more acidic than it is. I mean, nothing okay. really wants the alkalinity that we have. Okay, gotcha. So it's across the board. Yeah, it really is. And some things, okay. you know, need more acidic, more acidic soil than than what we have. But everything will benefit from it being more acidic. 
Okay, got it. Well, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got to take a short break. We're going to come back with Doug and Sarah. Then uh, give us a call during the break. Number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Too, folks. And you know what's funny, amazing about roses here in Arizona is the millions that are grown here by family farmers and sold all over the country. You know, Arizona, with our nice, dry, hot summers, uh, produces some roses that are a lot easier to grow, maybe not in your garden here in the summertime, but out in the farm. And the reason why is that there's no mildew in the the pest problems are much easier here in our desert. Anyway, beautiful roses are easy to grow here in the desert. We've got three lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTR. Let's see. Next up, we have Doug in Phoenix. Hello, Doug. Hello, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Fine. How are you? Okay, thanks. Hey, so i got a few tree questions for you. Um about four years ago, you guys planted a bunch of 24-inch box trees for me, and they're, and they're all doing pretty good. Um, but the Fantex Ash, um, kind of a slow grower, is, is that the case? Is it lawn um, or rock thought, or what's around it, Doug? Um, it, it's rock around it. Yeah, with a lot of heat, that's going to slow it down. And, um, you know, they're, they're not as tropical as like a shamble ash is, but, you know, if they get kind of stunted in an area that's too hot, sometimes they'll grow pretty slow. So what you'd, how, how large in diameter is the trunk on it right now? Um... Two and a half, three inch. Okay, so it's growing some, just not very fast. What I would do with it, you're not going to change much on it this time of year. So I would expand the well around it where it's getting watered, okay? Okay. So you want the water to go from the trunk out to a distance of about eight feet, maybe 10 feet, okay? Okay. Do you water with drip or how do you water? Uh, 
Um, I, I do flood. Okay, so you have bubblers that flood wells? Yes. Okay, so that, that works really well. You just want to slow it down so that we can make sure we get the water, you know, down to a depth of at least two or three feet and out to a width of about eight feet. So it's going to take okay. some bigger wells or just slower watering, you know. We... Um, we use a lot of drip on our orchards because, you know, we can keep the water where we want it and control it better. But, you know, with bubblers, it's fine. Just slow the bubblers down, make the wells bigger, and fertilize a lot more. And when you want to fertilize that ash, as you want to come through, and it's not going to help them to fertilize them now because they've only got about another month, you know, to really grow. And they're not going to grow much this time of year. But if you'll fertilize them by Valentine's Day or so, which is about a month before they leaf out, and, and give them a pretty heavy dose of citrus food... And keep the okay. water up to a, a real consistent. If you want them to grow fast, you need to water them once a week in the spring after they leaf out, you know, through the summer. So if they're watered weekly, you know, starting as soon as the buds break and keep that up through the summer till at least October and fertilize it once a month, it'll grow much faster. Okay, thanks. So I'll give that a try and a couple more for you. Um, I talked to you about my Brazilian uh, pepper tree that it shed its leaves, and you were right. It did come back, but I do want to reduce the size because um, it, it's very large. Do I got to wait till January or February to prune that back, maybe 30%? Well, we haven't had a big freeze here, Doug, in years, okay? I mean, it's really been a long time. But Brazilian peppers can freeze, and... Um, so moderate pruning is probably okay. You know, with a big, a bigger enough tree like that with the large wood, it shouldn't hurt it. But it's also not going to grow back at all anymore. So it's it's time to grow is over. You know, it's more of a tropical tree. It's going to grow really its best and really get the most useful growth out of it in the spring. So I would wait and prune it back unless it's unsightly right now. If you want to prune it back, if you think it's going to look better pruned, go ahead and prune it. Shouldn't probably hurt it. But you know, mindful of the fact it could freeze, I would ideally wait until valentine's day okay that's good and a couple quick ones for you i picked up a mexican lime from you about seven weeks ago you're encouraging get it in now it's doing great um I'm at the point now, watering-wise, can I go, like, every other week on that now, or should yeah. I still do it every week? Well, no, every every other week, depending on if you have fairly heavy soil, Doug, every two weeks is fine. It's a pretty new tree, you know, so that's a little difference. But, but still, you don't want to keep it wet. It wants to get dry in between irrigations. Okay, last thing I have for you on Arizona sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, the crop this year is good, but the size of the citrus is... Not very large, although I do, you know, fertilize them every month during the summer. Is that just something that happens once in a while with the Arizona sweets? Well, it cycles with all the citrus. I mean, so that like the bigger the crop, and then you know, the smaller the fruit. Whether it okay. be if you're you know, on lemon trees or if it's on you know navels or on Arizona sweets, sweets are more consistent because they bear more consistent than navels do. But no, it's not unusual for the the crop size is going to vary tremendously from year to year, um, and not ever be you know perfectly consistent yeah they're just a little smaller in diameter this year than what i'm used to over the last few years well and that's probably because you have an abundance of fruit okay thanks so much brian have a great day you too bye doug uh let's see next up we have we gotta get the right order on everybody here we got sarah in phoenix hi sarah well, hi there. I have a couple of questions to ask you. Love your show always. Uh, why isn't it okay for me just to put some super bloom, sprinkle it around the plant on the ground, and uh, also 
I drink Folgers instant coffee, so mm-hmm. I thought I'd go out and buy uh, some coffee today. Wondered if there's anyone that's more acid than uh, others, and sprinkle it also on the ground around the plant, just like the person who takes care of my yard does. He, you know, when he fertilizes, he uses some kind of dry thing. I don't know exactly what it is that lasts a long time. So why can't I do that a little bit with Super Blooming Coffee? Well, you could do that with Super Bloom. You know, it's powdery, but it's water-soluble. The thing about it is it's it's a lot easier to disperse it more uniformly if you mix it with water first. And um, you're paying a lot of extra money for it to uh, be water-soluble because you're getting a, a, a more processed type of fertilizer. Yeah. I mean, if you just wanted to sprinkle something around, you could buy, you know, a, a bag of uh, like 0450. Well, I... Uh oh, Sarah, did we lose you? No, are you are you there? Yeah, we're still here. Yeah, and so I wanted to know uh, uh, about coffee. Is there any coffee that's more acid than others? I well, here's the problem, Sarah, with the coffee is it's so expensive. Okay, so what the 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 advantage you're getting from coffee is we're using the leftover coffee as a byproduct, so that works pretty good. But for the cost of coffee, um, you know, you certainly don't want to try and use that for a soil amendment for that purpose. If you wanted to use something along the same kind of lines, you could buy vinegar and put around and do exactly the same thing. And uh, but even that's going to be fairly expensive to lower your pH. But so, uh, would would it be okay though? Say uh, I want to buy some coffee mm-hmm. and uh, for uh, put that around, and I think that would being brown that would also look sort of attractive. Well, if you can afford it, it's going to work. Um, but it's it's pretty expensive, pretty expensive thing to do for uh, yeah for what you're using oh. it for. And as far as your super bloom, if you put it on the ground and you water it with a hose, and it, it it's very soluble, it'll go in the ground and it'll work fine. You can do that if you want to. Well, just uh, one second here. I want to tell you this. My water system comes on uh, now from uh, twice a week to once a week uh, with the cooler weather here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it comes on now every Saturday from 7 to 9. And if by chance here, uh, just living by uh, the the sprawling head of Camelback Mountain, uh, we actually get some rain here. And so it would already be there in case we get some rain. So I just want you to know that that's the watering that will be done. I won't specifically do it. It just comes on once a week, and that'll be okay, right? It'll be okay, but it's not going to get distributed very well by your drip system because it's not going to have as much volume of water as it would distribute. Yeah. You'd be better off if you wanted to do it that way to, to put it on and then go ahead and just wash it in with a hose. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, thank you so much. Love your show. You have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. It looks like we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Rod and Hal, and then it could be you. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTR. Looks like Troy Barrett slid here in the studio, so we'll find out what's happening. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, give Shira a call, 602-277-5827.
Monday morning. And looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phones. Let's see. Next up, we've got Hal in uh, Sun City West. Hi, Hal. Good morning. Morning. Enjoy your show very much, Brian. I have a question for you regarding a, 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 a plant that was at the north end of my house. Got very little sun. It catches the setting sun all the time. And it was about four or five years ago uh, when I moved into this house. I pinched off a leaf from what I thought was a plant that was a citrus plant that was very, very weak, dead branches, uh, not large at all. Uh, And it smelled like a lime when I pinched off the leaf. So I went about uh, fertilizing it and making sure it got water. And uh, it's thriving now and actually growing almost like a weed. Um, the essence of my question is the fruit um, seems to ripen slowly and has the green color of a lime. Some of them are small and others are larger. Um, when I cut through the fruit, it has the thin skin of a lime. Um, But as they continue to ripen on the tree, the color changes from that green to yellow. And the the fruit is as large as a a normal lemon might be. So I'm not sure what I have. You may have uh, Um, what I would guess you probably have. Is it pretty thorny? It it is, yes. It's probably a macrophylla rootstock. So what it is, a macrophylla is a, a type of a lemon that we use as a rootstock because it's very vigorous to graft a lot of citrus to. And so probably what happened is that it was grafted with something else before, and then the rootstock's grown back up. And it's probably a macrophylla lemon rootstock, which is a usable you know type of a lemon. Um, it's not as desirable as some others for just different characteristics, but you can certainly use it, and you can prune it and grow it, and it'll be an easy tree to grow. So my the, the second aspect of my question, I appreciate that information, um, but the second aspect of my question deals with um, the fact that it, it, it transitions. So, you know, maybe a third of the way through the season where where the fruit is developing, and if I cut them off as a, as a lime or pick them as a lime, and they drop very easily. Well, you you may have how what you what you might have is you might have one with two different varieties of fruit on it too. You might have some rootstock there that's the macrophylla, and it sounds like you might also have some Mexican limes on the same tree. And so, if you follow that to the ground, you might see that there's a split somewhere down the bottom six or eight inches, where one portion of the tree is coming up, and it's going to be the lime tree, and the other portion is going to be the rootstock. And if you wanted it to be just a lime tree, you could prune away the root 
rootstock portion, the portion that would have the fruit still on at this time of year. And and that portion is going to be the rootstock. So I would track that thing down and see if you couldn't find a place where there's a split down about six or eight inches off the ground. And at that point, you're going to find that, you know, the one portion is going to come up and be lime. The other one's going to be your, your macrophylla. If you'll saw the macrophylla side off, then you'll have a lime tree again. I'm going to let you go because I've got a lot mm-hmm. of callers. I'm trying to get in the rest of the hour. But have a nice day and, and a happy weekend there, Al. Bye, Al. Uh, Penny and Surprise. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, Brian. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. We did. Um, Thank you. um, My question comes on my grapefruit tree. I've noticed the last several weeks, I I noticed some white spots on it, which uh, honestly, at first I thought it was bird droppings until I walked over and looked and I saw there was a lot of this white on the leaves of the grapefruit tree. And I didn't know if that was something to be concerned about. Well, if you if you look at it, if it's more on the west side of the tree, Penny, it might be that there's some leaves that just got sunburned this summer, and you haven't been paying much attention to them till now when the weather's been better, because it's pretty pretty common for grapefruit leaves to burn in the summer, and if it's kind of the center portion of the leaf and they're kind of white, and if it's mostly on the west side of the tree, it's probably just some sunburn on the foliage. I think that's what it is because it is mostly on the west side. And, you know, when it, when the weather was really hot and we were getting ready to cover it, that's when all the rains came. And then it seemed like we were okay. Well, the rains are good. Okay. The tree's okay. But, it uh, you know, grapefruit foliage will definitely burn in the summertime. But, you know, it'll, it'll come back and generate new foliage for the spring before it burns again next summer. Because <laughs> it does seem very healthy. A lot of grapefruit on it. Oh, that's, okay, it's, so it's not a problem for the tree. Nothing to worry about. Nope. Well, the other thing we, we found in the yard yesterday... And I was concerned that this was part of it, but obviously not. Um, there was this insect, and it had to be well away from the tree, but it almost reminded us of like what a boll weevil would look would would have looked like on cotton. Uh-huh. It was about four inches long. I've never seen such a thing. Well, that's a larger beetle. That's the bull weevils. Are, if they had four-inch bull weevils, they never would have had cotton again. But um, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, there's a lot of different beetles here. You know, and with our monsoon season, uh, we had more um, insects out and do well. And you know, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And and so I, I, there's nothing. There's no beetle that I would be concerned with is going to harm anything there. It's kind of late in the okay. season for a Palo Verde beetle, which is a large one like that. But but most of the beetles here aren't going to be harmful to anything in the long run that's going to, you know, they do things. I mean, basically, like the Palo Verde beetles have larvae that eat the roots on Palo Verdes, but we're not going to ever eliminate them anyway. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, I really Penny. appreciate it. Have yes. a nice weekend. Have a wonderful holiday. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Rod in Phoenix. Good morning, Rod. Good morning. How are you doing today? Excellent, sir. Hey, I've got a couple questions, uh, a, a tree question and a grass question. Okay. Uh, I uh, I remodeled my backyard uh, last March, and I put about 15 column phytus in along my wall, and um, they were like five gallon. They, they managed pretty good through the spring, and they got through the summer in the heat, and uh, but now they're looking a little light green. Um, just what kind of care do I need to? Well, you can kind of check the watering rod. They don't want to stay too wet in the wintertime. Um, and, and it's a little late to feed them right often. now. Uh, where do you live? What cross streets? I live like 3rd Avenue and Northern. 3rd Avenue and Northern. So you have really good soil. So, um, you yeah. know, that soil is going to drain, you know, really well in your neighborhood there. So ideally right now you'd be watering at the most once a week. 
oh, okay, I, I, I'm sure I'm, uh, I'm doing a little too much yeah. there. And the thing about it is it would have been better to cut back on the water earlier and fertilize. But this is yeah. late in the season to fertilize right now, and you're not in the warmest spot. So, you know, basically right there what I would do is just change the water back to weekly. And uh, How long a week, once a week? Well, you, you're watering with drip or bubblers, or how do you water? I got it. Uh, drip. Okay, so you want to get the water down to a depth of about two feet and out about two feet wide on each tree. So however long that takes you to accomplish, that that's how you need to do it because there's all different kinds of delivery methods and you know and speed. So I, I can't, I'm not going to calibrate it for you. You would have to if you right. want to see how much you're putting on. You could put it in a jar or something, calibrate your system. But you know, basically, you want to get it about two foot wide and two foot deep, and then let it get okay. dry. And you just go out and check the soil and let it get dry the top inch or two um, before okay. you water again. So it might be once a week, might be once every ten days. But if you dry them out, they're going to do better. You do have to be okay. mindful though. With those young ficus with a frost this winter. And so be careful if it's going to freeze, you want to get some frost cloth and cover them. Okay. And, and when, when's a good time to fertilize? Uh, in the spring, whenever the frost is over. So, we, you know, pretty much our typical historic last frost date is the 15th of February. So anytime after that. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, hey, yeah, real quick, winter grass. Mm-hmm. Um, how often should I be uh, watering the established winter grass right now? Well, you want to put on about a half an inch water. We don't put water on as deep on winter grass as we do on summer. Okay. And you want to let it get dry about the top three quarters to an inch. But for most most lawns and in your soil, I would say probably on average twice a week. And uh, okay. And probably a half inch of water at a time. You know, and this is a great time to fertilize with like some 21714. And, uh, you know, ryegrass likes some extra nitrogen. And uh, stand back. It'll be happy. It loves this weather. Okay. So a good time to fertilize now. Great time to fertilize. Rod, thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Bobby and Jim, but you could be after Jim in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.
folks, on this beautiful Sunday. Uh, I want to take a minute and invite you out with Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents 40 years ago. Continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, from citrus trees to palm trees, to beautiful shade trees, to desert trees. We grow it all here in Arizona, from Swan Hill olives to Meyer lemons to maybe you want to put a beautiful shade tree on like a pistachio and ash or an elm. Or if you're looking for that date palm to grow your own fruit, we've got it all right here at Whitfields. And it's Christmas tree time, too. Our songs today were all kind of had a single theme that was something a little different. If, if any one of the callers on the line or if you want to call in, you can tell me what the theme is between the songs we had today. I'll give you a free Christmas tree. But uh, we're here to have fun and invite you out to have a great holiday season with your family. Come out and see us at our original nursery at 824 East Glendale in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe or 2647 Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue st- straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. For wonderful trees or for the perfect Christmas tree. And you can also visit us at our lot at 64th Street and Bell for Christmas trees as well. Whitfield, for nursery, Whitfield Nursery for four generations. You know, stayed up a little later at night now with the Christmas trees, but, but also uh, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Oh, uh, let's see. We'll get right back to the phones. Jim and Mesa. Oh, no, we got Bobby first, then Jim. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Hey, the theme is go ahead and have faith and hope in one fine day. Your carrots will bloom. <laughs> well, that's, okay. that's not I'll exactly how they were themed today, but uh, I'll give you credit, Bob. You was a good try. I, I take that credit because you get enough of my credit and my money that I have to pay off every month on my Visa card. <laughs> it's like going on Sunday and having a good drunk at your place. You know, I just go crazy and fall in love with all the plants. That's okay. Do we have a question today? Or just, yes, we do. Okay. The question is, the blackberries, I nursed them through the summer, and they're one-gallon pots, uh-huh. and planted them about three weeks ago, and they're just kind of stunned. Is, it, is that what they do in the winter? Just yeah, kind of get... they're, they're through growing for the season, pretty much. You okay. might get a few leaves on them, but, you know, they're going to really wake up in the spring, and so Fine. we've got newly, newly planted ones right now. You want to water them probably weekly, but no more than that, and, okay. uh, and then fertilize, fer- fertilize them in uh, about the... Valentine's Day, and they'll pop out and grow real fast in the spring. I'll make a note on my calendar. Boy, you take in the money, and that is good. You you sell beautiful products, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Bobby. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Jim and Mesa, good morning, Jim. Good morning. So I got a strange one. On a whim, I took a sweet potato from the grocery store and planted it. Mm-hmm. That darn thing took over my garden. It's so big, I don't know what to do with it anymore other than cut it up. But my real question is, is when do I know to harvest this? Typically, when sweet potatoes are grown and harvested, they're usually planted in the spring. You know, and harvest. It was. Yeah, but so anyway, and and the, but they'll multiply and stay. You know, we sell all the Ipomia now, which are a wild, different type of sweet potato vine. But um, I, I, you know, you can it's, it's going to stay alive until it freezes. Okay, so you can leave the plant there until we have a frost or not. It, it can stay there for more than the, just the season too. But um, I, I, it's, I, awful. I, it's bushy and green and taking over my garden still. I cut it all up. Uh, it grew past my fencing of the gardens before bait garden. I put in one potato, and that darn thing, I had to trim around the outside of the garden just to get around it. <laughs> and now it's overgrown that now, and it's, it's starting to grow outside the garden again. 
Well, it's gonna, it's going to make it until it gets cold. So you know, you can you can take it out now, okay. or you can take it out if it freezes. Or you know, typically okay. though, it's going to get enough frost to kill it. All right. Well, I guess we'll wait about another month. Hopefully, we should get a frost by then. Well, enjoy it. Thank you very <laughs> Thank much. You, Jim. Have, Have a nice day. weekend. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got uh, Abra and Phoenix. Good morning. Good morning. Super excited to be on the radio with you. <laughs> well, we have fun. Um, my, uh, my kids and I are frequent shoppers at Whitfield. Um, so a question for you, a uh, pretty ambitious uh, tree gardener here. Um, I live on a pi- near Piastua Peak, so pretty rocky, pretty poor soil. Um, I have citrus trees, a mango some peach and some nectarine um i'm trying to grow but they they made it through the summer but they're really just kind of limped along um any kind of general fertilizing watering soil strategies well unfortunately we're a little late right now okay and up in the mountains i grew up in squat i grew up not in squat peak i grew up in the mountain just next to you you know over here a little bit north and right here off of northern and 16th street but at any rate um that rockier soil you can grow pretty pretty you know, happy, nice tree. Citrus will do well. Mangoes will do real well. They like the rockier soil. The stone fruits are just going to need a little extra love. But what you're going to want to okay. do is put them on a real regular feeding program starting in February. And uh, okay. that's, that's going to benefit you a lot. And, uh, you know, if you want to go organic, that's what we do at our farm down in the desert. And I like, mm-hmm. you know, we've had great results using like chicken manure as our base. But you can use chicken manure, fish emulsion, all those different kinds of things. But the nice part about the organics is they don't leach through the soil as fast. Okay, Mm -hmm. Or you could use a slow release, even something like an Osmocote or something that's Mm -hmm. like a coated type product where it's going to release slower. Because the problem that we have ever in the mountains is that our water just goes right through our trees and our fertilizer goes away with the water. So whether Mm -hmm. you use an organic product that's going to be slower release that way or use something that's encapsulated like some of them are sulfur coated to last longer, those things will work well. Mm -hmm. You know what? I've just looked up. I've got to say goodbye. Hold on and I'll give you more information off the air. Appreciate the calls, everybody. Those songs were all by Native American artists. Come out and see us and uh, enjoy your beautiful family weekend. And if you're ready for a Christmas tree, it's great. No hurries, no worries. We got lots of fresh Christmas trees coming for the next month or so. Hope you enjoyed the program. We'll be back next week with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show here on 92.3 FM KTAR.